Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. Thank you, uh, Doris, for coming on to the Long-Term Care Chronicles this afternoon. And um, our first question will be in regards to the announcement the government made on December the 22nd with the provincial lockout here in the province of Ontario, and it won't take effect until December the 26th. What are your thoughts? Because you have been championing this particular piece since August of this year, and now it's been delayed. So what are we in for because of all this delay? Yeah, we, we are in for um, a tremendous increase in the um, spread of community um, COVID, uh, which will, of course, impact then uh, the burden of illness on people and uh, the related burden of death. Uh, and that will impact, of course, nursing homes once again, because the more community spread you have, uh, the more it goes into the nursing homes. Um, and also the more it goes into hospitals, because hospitalizations go up and ICUs get full. So here you had Arenio uh, asking since August, then in, in October and November, but super big, big force we put into uh, moving into this direction. And so when I heard that there will be an announcement, I thought, sure enough, we'll be right away. And then I started to hear from good sources that it will be effective the 24th. And we put a, a, a many tweets and many communications out saying, no, it needs to happen on Monday. If on Monday is announced, it needs to be said immediately. And I will tell you a minute why we said that. And then, lo and behold, it was the 26th. We were actually devastated. Uh, because the impact is on Ontarians, every single Ontarian. And the impact is also on healthcare professionals, nurses, doctors, PSWs, all of them that are trying to uh, save lives, are trying to attend to people. Uh, many of them who cancel the vacations to attend to people because the increase in numbers even before the announcement. And today, you know, we are almost at 2,500, I think, take take post-holiday post season, um, we will be at 3,000 likely. And uh, it, it's just reckless. It's reckless. It's, not, it's no other word that I can use for. And the media, you know, uh, commented on the comments of, on the tweets of Areneo and the press release saying we were saying was reckless, commenting on me because one reporter from Queen's Park briefing called and said, how are you doing, Doris? And I thought I was speaking casually, but it doesn't matter. I said, I'm furious. I'm simply yes. furious because this is a reckless decision. And he tweeted, that furious. And yes, and it's not furious for me as an individual. It's for, for Ontarians that suffer the consequences that may be sitting next year for a holiday and not have that person in front of them because we behaved reckless. And the health professionals trying to attend to people and save lives um, uh, in nursing homes and in ICUs, as I said, and basically being unable to do that because we are crumbling the system um, in a calculated way. That, that, that's what in, it, it 
really makes me furious. Um, I think the idea that the premier said that he's doing this for the business because of their inventories, that this is the time of the year, etc. We are trading inventories of um, of stores, being those big stores or small stores, for the inventory on the burden of illness and death. And that's an inventory uh, that has no, no price attached. It's an inventory that is irreversible. Anything that is an inventory of a business, uh, and not that I don't feel for businesses, we all do, especially small businesses. Of course we do. But at the end of the day, that is reversible. Government, the federal government will continue, I'm quite convinced, to pour money. Uh, provincial government, um, hopefully, will continue to help the business. We all need to help the business by those of us that can order food or those of us that can uh, shop online, vis-a-vis uh, -vis Amazons, let's help our local business. But if you or I or a neighbor or a friend or a colleague loses their own lives or the life of someone they love, I cannot help you replace that. It's irreversible. And that's the piece that is so shocking, reckless, and painful. It is just devastating to know and that this is the decision that by the government to move forward with this because their other announcement that they made earlier in this month was on December the 17th with this with their long-term care strategy for staffing. Now that is not really going to come into effect until 2024. How is that going to help us now? We need individuals now to be able to go into long-term care because they're devastated by the all the outbreaks that have now happened in the province. What are it will you not saying? Help, it will not help an iota, Wendy, nothing. Because the first gain and the only gain that we will have pre-elections is 15 minutes more per resident. And that will not come now, will come a year from now. So we'll not have during during this tragedy of COVID and what's going on. And then all the rest is backloaded to 24-25, which is post-election. And you know, and Ontarians should know, that post-election, whether it's this government or another government, whether it's this minister or another minister, whether it's this party or another party, whoever is in government will feel the pinch of many, many, many demands on the budgets. Number one, people with healthcare conditions that everything has been delayed, people with cancer. I'm not just talking people that want whatever, cancer, okay? Uh, there will be a tremendous urgency to do something with that. Uh, people that have waited with uh, tests to diagnose heart conditions or other conditions that were not deemed essential or critical or urgent, when it, when it is related to you or to me as a person or to a family member, a loved one, if you know you have a cancer cell for you, it's urgent because you know that something is growing inside you. So there is no such a thing as non-urgent, elective. 
And when you delay one week, it's one thing. But when you delay one week, two weeks, a month, two months, because the ICUs are full with people that have COVID that are obviously there because if not, they die for the most, right? So um, I don't think that we will see that promise post-election, regardless of which government or which minister is in, unless, and this is why we're insisting on this pre-election, it is legislated. So the word that you're hearing now, RNO push, and you, we will push amongst all the four parties during election, and I will ask you and others to push, is legislate now the four worked hours per resident per day in every single nursing home across this province. And here is the formula, the basic care guarantee, 48 minutes minimum of RN per resident per day, 60 minutes minimum of RPN per resident per day, 132 minutes of PSW per resident per day, because if not, you will not see RNs, RPNs, and I dare to say not even PSWs. You will see people with even less training and whoever is the government of the day will say, oh, we gave the four hours. But if you go to nursing homes, so you know the reality. I go to nursing homes and I know the reality. The complexity of illnesses, not only the complexity of the emotional and the social and the physical needs of helping people to eat and to dress, etc., but of illness that people in nursing homes have with cardiac issues, with uh, wounds, with all kinds of conditions, mental health illnesses, dementias, um, you know, um, Alzheimer, you name it, it's so many, right? Are such that they require both regulated care by regulated health professions, RNs and RPNs and nurse practitioners, and unregulated care for the activities of daily living. So I am extremely concerned because, as you know, with all that we have organized, whether it is through action alerts or through webinars or through documents that we have released and reports, for, for us at Arenio, this was the last kick at the can. Like if during COVID we could not achieve that the government of the day would commit in a, by legislation. So I'm less concerned if they would have said we are legislating now and we will deliver in the next three years because we cannot deliver all at once, I would have swallowed it. Because I, we would have said, at least now is light at the end of the tunnel that this is legislated and whoever is in place will need to deliver. But they didn't legislate. And if they didn't legislate, you know why it is because the commitment is not there. Because if they, and I'm afraid that whoever comes next will, will happen the same because of the pressures they will have. Whether it is the same premier or a different premier, the, the pressures that they will have on their shoulders. And then they will say, but now there is no COVID. Now things are stable in nursing homes. So let's first help this. Let's first help the other, and then we will see nothing again. So, we have a whole strategy in place, trust me. 
um, and it's going to unfold every single piece of it because we are not giving up. For us, even when COVID will be gone next fall, yes. for us at RNO, COVID is here. It's, it's a wake-up call, the strongest ever. We have had many others. We had 35 reports. Let me remind you. We are going to call it second edition of the report of the report, third edition, and, and until the government legislate the hours and we see that what's needed in nursing homes, we will keep going at it. Whether it's pre-election, which we will post-election, we will be a dog with the bone until things get fixed once and for all. Yeah, I definitely agree. We definitely have to fix this and definitely keep talking about it because I think once it's still out in the public, that's the only way to get action for yes. this. And yes. with the commission's report as well, they announced earlier this month, how is that going to further along everything? Because the government has not even acknowledged that. No, uh, but it doesn't matter anymore. They already, the government already put that report out. Yeah. The commission report at this point, the only thing they can say, and they have already, is put more pressure. But I don't see, unless the government rethinks and says, well, you know what, now we will legislate, then we will applaud. I don't see that happening. And, and that's why programs like yours, Wendy, and, and, the, and the Family Council Collaborative Alliance and the Chronicle and all of that all of us each from our corner and collectively can continue to do is so very critical and please social media social media social media because that's what the politicians look facebook is not what they look twitter 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 so we keep on the face of every single politician of all parties and the other piece that we need to continue to push and that still there is some hope is the issue of national standards with strings attached to the money. So no money for free, absolutely not. But keep, let's keep asking the prime minister to put funding, put national standards and whoever provinces and jurisdictions that want to use the funding need to deliver on those national standards. Yes, because that is something the Prime Minister has talked about earlier this month, and he wants the Premiers to come to the table. So then that would mean, as a society, we need to make sure and put our politicians to task, whether that is the federal piece or the provincial piece, that we yes. still solicit them. Is that yes. what you're, you're indicating? Absolutely, yes. And there is an action alert at Tarineo. So let me tell your... your um, listeners uh, that that is www.rno.ca or simply google rno.ca national standards action alert and you will get the national standards action alert sign it in mass and let's keep going and going and going so together we can make a difference and, and not look back in years to come and say my gosh we didn't try everything let's try everything and then Politicians of all political stripes need to own the responsibility that they have or have not delivered. You are so right because we have now, Canada has the reputation that the majority of the deaths 
primarily occurred within long-term care. And, and that's a horrible reputation to have. Horrible reputation and a horrible reality. Yes, absolutely. And just lastly, before we go, how are your members coping during all of these outbreaks, during the second wave, how are they coping at this time, Doris? Yeah, so um, nurses, I mean, we represent 46,000 of them, RNs and nurse practitioners. Um, I always say we are a very special uh, breed or a very special tribe, and I mean it and I pride in that, and I include my colleagues, RPNs, on that too. Um, nurses are um, pretty selfless in many ways. Um, they always um, think about first the people they serve um, and, and they do that with expertise and they do that with courage. You need a lot of courage when you go to a nursing home with a massive outbreak. My own president who is a director of nursing, you need to know Morgan, I think you met her at the panel, Morgan Offert. She actually took that job during the pandemic. That, that takes, it gives me shivers because that takes a huge amount of courage to go and say, I'm going to work in a nursing home exactly in a pandemic. And she took a director role there. And, and, and you heard her, she does it with passion. She does it with just such an authenticity and, and just expertise. And she's learning a lot also because some aspects for her, like the Nursing Home Act, et cetera, new aspects, but she has a lot of, a lot of capacity and a lot of leadership and, and she's going to be fantastic for them. She's already fantastic for them. Uh, but you need to picture, they're working all very, very, very long hours whether it's in nursing home, whether it is in home care, whether it is in hospital care. Many of the ICU nurses have been asked to cancel their holiday for Christmas, which is, you know, something they look forward, uh, or New Year's, or, uh, and they have done it because of the people we serve. So it's a difficult pill to swallow when then they hear an announcement that, oh, by the way, but stores will remain open because of the inventory, right? It's not that we don't believe in business. We do, we do. You will see that on my blog tonight that I'm sending in advance a bit. Absolutely, we do. We feel especially for small businesses. And, but there are things that, you know, it's difficult to swallow when either you are going to work and then the business continues, the mall continues to be packed, jam-packed, um, and, and, and you see people not behaving according to rules and the government not imposing more rules so that could help, right? So it's, it's difficult, it takes, it, takes a, it takes a big person to keep going, yes. right? Yes, when it you does. see those behaviors. So I, I ask one favor through you to the public, which is act according to the rules, please. Do it for your own family members so you can sit and celebrate with them in the future. And also for my own uh, colleagues from all health professions that are, and, and other essential 
uh, essential services, the cashier in, in the supermarket, the uh, firefighter, the, you know, so many that are doing it, not because they have nothing better to do during the holidays, but they're doing it to take care of you. They're doing it to take care of all of us. So let's do a gift for them, which is let's take the accountability, win it as individuals and as a collective to protect them by, by basically staying home if we can, so they can continue to go to work healthier. And so that after the holidays, we don't have even a bigger new, you know, every day we say, a, we, we reach a new, a new, and every day is another hundred, another hundred, and let's try to make sure we don't get to the 3,000 that I fear will be, we will be at after the holidays. Please, let's help out each other. Yes, thank you so much for that, Doris, and I hope that we can be able to curb that and so we can look forward to the new year and be able to, because it's going to still take some time for the administration of the vaccine to, to go out throughout the entire public. So we're still in this in for the long haul. So maybe not until next year this time, we can maybe see the light of the end of the tunnel. But again, I just want to thank you for your time again to be able to come on to here. And thank you so much. Thank you. Happy holidays to you and Happy hopefully holidays. you have a few a few hours to relax. I will. I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Take care. You're and welcome. Everybody, bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.